This is it right here. Combining a team of reporters, columnists, and commentators. Don't you ever talk about me! Are you serious? Jack Ebling has brought thought-provoking discussion. What are you doing? That's a damn coaching mistake. Opinion. The customer is the one who decides when the future gets here. Oh, no! The ship is on fire! Let's check the report. Are you kidding me? That game was fixed. And overall infotainment. I'll take Jim Harbaugh. What has he done? Crazy cootie coming at you. <laughs> yeah! Quiet, please. In exactly 15 seconds, we'll be on the air. Thanks, big fella. Don't you ever come back here again. No arguments. Those are called ass tunes. So buckle up. You talking to me? Whoa! It's time for The Drive with Jack Ebling. Yeah, for some reason or another... You sound a little taller on radio. Great afternoon, Mid-Michigan and beyond, and welcome to The Drive with Jack, the Spotlight Radio Network. Jack Ebling here in studio today, 105 West Allegan, with my producer, Boston Rob. Rob, what an unbelievable day for November 1st. 66 degrees and sunny here in Mid-Michigan, and get ready for this. The next five days, high temperature, 67, 68, 71, 72, 78. I don't mean to sound like Andy Provenzano, but I have to say that that is about as good as you can possibly expect for the first week of November in the Midwest. I was going to say, what did you tell Mother Nature? I mean, you must have smoothed her or something. I traded her a future draft choice. Okay, good. Well, there's a lot of that going on Absolutely. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Detroit Lions making a deal of some significance. Anytime you trade a top 10 pick in a National Football League draft a couple years ago, that is big news. And I don't think the Lions got very much. And I'll tell you why a little bit later. Let's go out to our guest line. Very happy to welcome in, as we do each week at this time, our Lansing-bred Atlanta-based basketball savant. It's Tate's Take Hoops. Where basketball lives. Deshaun Tate, how are you? I'm outstanding, Jack. I appreciate you for having me per usual every Tuesday, 4 o'clock Eastern, of course. A lot of moving parts. I was trying to figure out what was going on with Rob. I was like, hey, Deshaun, you got any time to meet with us with Jack today? I'm like, oh, What's wait a minute. It wasn't that Rob? bad, was it? Come the, on. The, 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 listen, the weather's nice out <laughs> there and all this stuff. I'm like, what's going on? But it must have been the Emu Doka. I don't know. We'll get into that a little bit later. <laughs> all right. Uh, I want to start by talking a little college football because, because it's number one, Georgia. Versus number two, tied for number two, Tennessee. Balls and Ohio State Buckeyes tied for second. Michigan is fourth in the AP poll. Oh, have you seen a bigger buzz for a regular season football game than this one versus two matchup? No, I don't I don't think so, Jack. I don't really, honestly. And uh, I know this has been one that they've been anticipating. I know we talked last week, and I was like, man, what's going to happen? Like, is Georgia going to overlook the you know world's largest cocktail party against florida and you know kind of uh, uh mail that one in or what but they they're, they're ready for it they that, that shows some signs of some maturity and not just from them but tennessee had a pretty big game against kentucky who had upset on their mind as well it was good enough of a football team to do it and took care of business, so I would anticipate this is going to be a, not just a, a really good game, but also Georgia's missing a really good piece off of that line, too. 
Uh, so it's, 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 it's interesting. And everybody around here is really looking forward to it. And not just <laughs> that, but of course the, uh, the Falcons is number one in the NFC South yeah. somehow. Who saw that yeah, coming? So, yeah, Thank you very are, much, people... Carolina, for some uh, <laughs> <laughs> horrendous uh, decisions yeah. down the stretch. Otherwise, we would have had four teams tied at three and five. In that yeah, division. people are excited. People are excited down here, and uh, they got a good reason to be. Uh, the Hawks is kind of, you know, yeah. kind of going through their little ups and downs, whatnot. Their first time on a losing streak this season with a ton of really good games in front of them. So people are just excited about sports. In yeah. Atlanta, all across the board. And last year at this time, the Braves were getting ready to win the World Series. So it's been an amazing 12 months uh, yeah. in the Peach State, plus the fact we were there for the Peach Bowl, which didn't hurt. When you think about uh, what is going to happen Saturday, do you have a prediction? I don't. Um, I just, I'm, my, first of all, my prediction I think will come true, and it's going to be a really good game. That's what I think. Okay. It's going to be really right. tight. I don't anticipate just a ton of just, you know, all-out defense or all-out right. offense. I think it will be very balanced between both. But uh, I, I, I think I think Georgia will prevail on this one, but their hands are full. This is the most important regular season game that we have had thus far, and it might be the most important regular season game. Uh, Michigan-Ohio State is shaping up. It could vie for that, but – you're talking about an elimination game, basically, in the SEC East, and the winner is going to have a, a big leg up to get to the SEC championship game. And for the loser, uh, they're going to have to keep their fingers crossed that a lot of other teams lose so they can get into the college football playoff without winning a conference championship or playing in a conference championship game. Yeah, that's going to... That's going to be tight. You got so many different things, all kind of implications that are riding and, and, and on the line for this particular game. And between the hedges, Athens, Georgia, people are going to be psyched. They're going crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and Tennessee's not just a team, you know, that people look at and say, oh, well, they had a good run. Now they're going up against number one. Georgia has shown some vulnerability in some of their games over the last X amount of weeks. I think most people are a little bit more impressed with Tennessee so far, I'm not going to go as far as saying that they're playing with house money by any means, but, uh, but, 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 you know, you're the defending champs. That's some Georgia. They're usually in most cases leading up to, you know, uh, this year where they are the, the hunter and not as much the hunted. Well, now they are that and get a little bit of a feel for what it's like to be Alabama for once or something along those lines. So Tennessee's coming in and uh, I don't think it's an upset if they beat Georgia by any stretch of the imagination. One other uh, college football note uh, I wanted to talk about, and uh, you get neutral site games down there. There are a lot of games played in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium there, uh, big games. Do you think we'll ever see a Michigan-Michigan State game played at Ford Field in light of some of the passions that have overflowed here? Not saying that that's responsible for it. Just wondering if maybe for a couple of years... It might move off campus. I don't know, but I hope it does. I just think that it, you know, just trying it once or twice. or and People would still be going crazy downtown yeah. Detroit instead of no, uh, on campus. I mean, you might have, uh, you know, fan fights down there. I wouldn't even be mad if it was like one year at in, in Ann Arbor and then 
you know, one year at Michigan State and then the neutral and then started all over the same way. I wouldn't be totally against that, but to take it completely out of, you know, being on campus, I wouldn't be in love with that idea, but yeah. I would certainly entertain it happening at least once or right. once every three years. Well, Florida, Georgia, uh, they don't play in Athens and Gainesville, right? They play in Jacksonville. Right. Right, nor does the uh, the state fair, Oklahoma. And yeah, Texas. Texas. They always played in Dallas instead of playing in Austin or Norman. So it, it's it's happened, but I think it would be a big adjustment for a lot of fans around here. All right, uh, yeah, and you wonder too if, in a case like that, if one side would still control the tickets for that, or yeah. whether the tickets for the neutral site game would be split and made available to anyone. I don't know, a lot of questions. Uh, maybe we'll ask Alan Haller about that when we see him. All right. Yeah, let me know what he says. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about college basketball because Michigan State opening tonight, first exhibition game. Rob and I will be there. 7 o'clock tip. It's on BTN+. Plus. It is Michigan State and Grand Valley, and the Lakers just lost by 17 points to the uh, Eastern Michigan Imanis. So, uh, wondering what we're going to see from Michigan State, but I can tell you this: Michigan State and Tennessee had a knockdown dragout uh, in the best way possible uh, in their secret scrimmage in Knoxville, and then uh, <laughs> Tennessee heads to Texas to play yeah. Gonzaga and blows out the Zags, which I think shocked everyone. Uh, they won by 19, and Gonzaga is the second-ranked team in the country and getting ready to face Michigan State uh, on the U.S. Abraham Lincoln and the Armed Forces Classic on Veterans Day. So uh, what do you make of this? What do you think uh, fans should look for tonight from Michigan State? And how good is Tennessee? What is going on there in Tennessee? Yeah, as, as far as, you know, Tennessee goes. I mean, Tennessee's going to always be one of those teams that's going to be really good during the regular season. I know a lot of these games that they've already played, <laughs> uh, these scrimmages that they don't count. I get it. But it's Rick Barnes. And if you know anything about him from his time at, you know, at Texas and even some of the places that he's been beforehand, they, he's always a really good recruiter. He's always, you know, always, you know, puts his team in position to buy for, you know, in most cases, a conference championship. Um, and not as much, you know, when it counts in March Madness. Um, not to take away from, you know, any of his success. And some of the games that they have actually participated in for some of these scrimmages didn't have one of their best players. Actually, that Michigan State was going after at one point in time, uh, Josiah James. Mm-hmm. Uh, but listen, I mean, they're, they're, they're an experienced ball club. They've got some guys that are returning. They lost one or two guys to the NBA as well. But I think that they're going to be very solid. I know that it's been put on record that, you know, Michigan State, uh, head coach Tom Mizzle has said this is a Final Four good type of team. I got to see that in order to believe that, and it's got to happen for me to believe it. Uh, but as far as Michigan State goes, I mean, listen. When I he said a Final Four a- ty- uh, good type of team, he's talking about Tennessee or his own team? Talking about No, talking about Tennessee. Yeah. In uh, which, okay. when you start talking about how many teams can actually make it to the Final Four, right. then that's not surprising because there's so right. many different teams that we can well, talk about. Well, they ranked 10th in one of the polls I saw. That and, is, uh, that you is know, correct. Last year, they were right there, and then uh, they had a terrible matchup with Michigan. Yes, that is true. Um, but, you know, when it comes to Michigan State, I would imagine that we see a lot of uh, Maddie Sissoko 
mm-hmm. on tonight and uh, start, you know, mm-hmm. figuring, yeah. you know, some of these different lineups and rotations amongst other things and getting guys amped up and ready for the season. Don't necessarily have a word you might on Jaden Aikens. Not sure if he's necessarily ready just yet, but not yet. I am. Uh, okay. Not yet. So I, I am looking forward to a lot of up and down and transition getting these guys out on the break relatively quickly, outlet passes coming off those rebounds and getting up up and down the floor fast because they're going to be relying on a lot of the guards for their success this year. So it starts today. Uh, I saw a tweet. In fact, I think uh, you're one of the people who sent it to me, uh, John Rothstein, and he said, looks for Michigan State starting five to be A.J. Hogard. Tyson Walker, Jade Nakins, well, he won't be in there, at least not immediately. Uh, Malik Hall and Joey Hauser. Uh, going small, we know what uh, Joey Hauser did last year uh, in the Duke game. Uh, well, and and what he did uh, against Davison, really, is a mm-hmm. reason that they had the success they did. But when you think about uh, that, uh, what Hauser is capable of doing, do you like that lineup, or do you like a more traditional look? Um, probably a little bit more traditional, but. Uh, regardless, I'm not necessarily in love with some of the inconsistencies in the front court between Hauser and Hall. I know expectations are high for both of those guys uh, coming into this year. Well, he called preseason All-Big Ten. Yeah, which, I mean, I don't know if that's saying what about the Big Ten or saying <laughs> what about people's expectations and what they see with their eyeballs respectfully. And I actually had part of this conversation uh, earlier this morning with ESPN analyst Jay Billis. Uh, and just kind of speaking about, you know, Michigan State and his overall thoughts on the team this year. And he just kind of went on and talked about, you know, that they'll be very good. They're a versatile team. Were you he higher on that, the Spartans than Jay was or vice um, versa? I think he was higher on Michigan State than I was to yeah. a degree. Yeah. But if you're talking about what you think Michigan State will be now, that's one thing versus what I believe Michigan State will be down the stretch. I, that's when I think that they have that chance yeah. to be very good because yeah. they're going to be relying – on some of the younger guys to get caught up to speed at that time. Sounds like a team uh, but, coached by this Izzo guy. Yeah, it, it definitely does. Uh, and, you know, he thinks that, you know, Joey Hauser and, and Hall are going to be key. Uh, spreading the floor for this team is going to be key. And uh, ex- expectations, you know, for the, the lack of depth up front with Sissoko, staying out of foul trouble, and really kind of, you know, considering what will Jackson Kohler, how much he'll contribute and thinking that he needs to at a high level. But it may not necessarily look like a traditional Michigan State team, and these are his words verbatim uh, for Michigan State this year. But uh, turnovers is going to be key, which I couldn't agree with more. And Mm. he thinks this surprised me, Jack. He believes that Tyson Walker is going to be the best player and leading scorer on this team. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's some pretty high praise for, uh, for Tyson Walker, who I think is good, but I'm not sure that I'm ready to go that far. Well, I think Tyson Walker can be as good as Tyson Walker wants to be. I'll tell you why I say that. Last year, he didn't really know what he was doing and how he fit in. It was kind of like a culture shock coming from Northeastern to Michigan State. And he didn't get everything out of his skill set. But when he did and when he was aggressive, assertive, he shot close to 48% from deep. Think about that. A lot of guys can't shoot 48% from the field. And I've seen some Big Ten players make all Big Ten, and they can't shoot 48% at the line. So he was shooting 48% close to it, beyond the arc. And he's one of the few players, you know, Izzo keeps telling him, shoot, shoot, shoot. 
and you know he'd been a point guard, but I think now he's going to be working at the two quite a bit. And uh, he and Hogard out there together, I think it gives him a chance to a very interesting defensive backcourt too. I think it does, especially how you have so many guys at that guard position that are interchangeable. When Aikens gets yeah. back, being able to play at that two spot, yeah. and you've got freshmen that can step in there. How about the? the how about Brooks? Brooks being yeah. able to step in and get a little bit of extra minutes. Of course, Hogarth. Then you've got you've got so many different guys that you can you know put at different places. Um, you know, looking like that. You know, positionless uh, basketball or within guard guys that can play one and two. I think it's going to be a very interesting look. Where yeah. you have a Hogarth who's more bully ball. You know, a bull in a china shop type. And you've got some other guys who's more facilitators and distributors. Some are shooters, better shooters than others. I think he's going to throw some defenses off this year, not just in the Big Ten, but also in the non-conference. It may shock some people. Who knows? Well, you talk about things that we have to see. One of them is an outside shot from A.J. Hogarth. Now, he doesn't have to be a 40% three-point shooter, but right. 35 would be nice, and he's got to be 30%. If he's not, if he's a non-shooter and teams can lay off him out there, and just make him drive to the basket, then sometimes you're playing four against five, and that doesn't usually work. Yeah, and it makes everything a little bit more predictable in terms of Michigan State's offense. And, uh, you know, in that type of situation, uh, you can kind of, you know, uh, telegraph on passes and things like Mm -hmm. that because you know that if you just shut down this particular piece, start putting them in a position where you can dribble the air out of the basketball a bit yeah. too much and you're looking for different go-to guys. And, you know, many people will argue that Michigan State may not necessarily have a go-to player. Now, that can be a good thing mm-hmm. and that can be a not-so-good thing. Maybe their go-to guy this year is whoever has the hottest hand that this, that particular night. Right. And, and I'll tell you this much, Jack. I don't know what everybody else is talking about up in East Lansing area right now. I've got my eyes set on this Jackson Kohler kid like it's nobody else's Yeah, I think they're going to see some really good things come out of him this year. There won't be a surprise if people start talking about at some point should he come back or not. Wow. Um, I, 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 think, I, think he's, I think he is legitimately that good of a basketball player. Not saying that he should leave or that he's good enough to leave. Holy cow, the guy hasn't played a game yet. You know, I yeah, think about Drew Timmy. Drew Timmy, yeah. he's back for what, year eight? Yeah. Uh, year four, uh, I guess, uh, at Gonzaga. Feels that way. Yeah, and you know, and he's been a National Player of the Year candidate, and he's back. Oscar Shibway, uh, he was the Player of the Year last year. He's back, of course. Name, image, and likeness uh, in Kentucky. They just start giving you horses. But uh, when you when you think about that, uh, I don't see that kind of a commitment from Jackson Kohler. I think he's very mature. I think he's. Uh, he understands there's a process involved here, and I think he's really going to enjoy the college experience. Yeah. Uh, I could see some other guys who might be inclined to jump, and you see that all around the country. And then there are some guys who just don't like college anymore, Kofi Coburn, who could have made yeah. at least a mill, maybe a mill and a half from name, image, and likeness at Illinois and chose to go play somewhere else, never got a contract. So... Uh, you know, some guys just aren't happy in this environment. They don't want to be coached anymore. Uh, they don't want to go to class. They don't want to pretend they're going to class. Uh, they got other dreams, and uh, college isn't part of that anymore. But I think it will be for some time for Jackson Kohler. 
Yeah, I think so too. And and when you start talking about a guy who's got the soft hands and the great yeah. footwork, and he's not a guy whose shoes is nailed to the floor, got gum on the bottom of his shoes. Uh, again, and most this won't surprise anybody. Maybe not the most athletically gifted yeah. player. Uh, yeah. But when you start talking about high IQ and getting his chances early to play up against who I think yeah. will ultimately be the national player of the year, Drew Timmy. Remember we had an interview with yeah. Drew uh, with, with him talking about preparing for Drew Timmy. He's yeah. taking dates off on his Back calendar to prepare. Yeah. It's not going to be very much longer before he has that matchup no. with Drew Timmy, and I think he'll learn a lot from that experience. Champions Classic going up again. Is there anybody that's going to have a tougher uh, uh, no, uh, no. matchup for themselves? in back-to-back no, games, Drew no. Timmy, and then the defending player of the year in Oscar Sheeways. Yeah, it's four gonna, days it's apart. Gonna, it's gonna be, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a learning lesson for him, but I think it'll be good over the long stretch. Four days apart with a lot of travel in between, too. So that's, that's another factor. But, you know, when you talk about guys going, and everyone is kind of pushing someone out the door. Now, it used to be, well, you know, this guy can go, maybe. Now... If the guy's any good, they just say, well, you, you should be gone. You, should, you shouldn't be here. What are you doing here? But I look yeah. at the Big Ten, and who are the top two players in the Big Ten? Who are projected to be the top player of the year candidates, right? Trace Jackson Davis, he's yeah. back. And Hunter Dickinson, he's back. These are guys that a lot of people said, well, you know, they had great freshman years, or comparatively so, and then, you know, they were dominant. Well, they're back. I'll tell you what, Jack, when, when it comes and, – and it's not shocking that even within the Big Ten, a lot of these guys that we're naming are not are, – are really in the front court position players. I mean, you look at over the last, the last, you know, one or two years, I mean, the front court for the Big Ten, whether it be, you know, Pete Nance or whether it be, yeah. you know, who, almost on any team, Coburn, you name the, you name the, the roster, uh, Zach Eady, doesn't matter whom. You know, they, it's, he's it's the back. expectation. He's back. I mean, the expectation. Hey, Nance, he could have been really gone, high. and he's now he's he went in the, in the portal and, and landed yeah. a pretty good place. Yeah, in North Carolina, in Chapel Hill. So, I mean, listen, there's always going to be those people that say, you should do this, you should do that, you should go here, you should go there. I say before you do that, and this is, is what I would tell my son, not that I have one on the way, but I would definitely say soon, uh, not too soon. Don't, don't wish it on me just yet, Jack, but I would say this much. I would, I would say, like, sit down and take a look at what, at which of these franchises that you can make an immediate impact. Because to me, forget about sitting guys down for two, three, four years and try and build them into being this kind of player and they're only practice players and everything else in development. Who can you provide contribution for right away? And if we can't find teams that we feel comfortable enough to be able to say that about, that's where I think you definitely have to come back. Because it's one thing to get that contract in the first year. It's a different ball game to keep that going from a consistent standpoint and get that big money second yeah. and third year of, uh, or second or third year, uh, second or third contracts in that league. All right, Deshaun, before we let you go, we have to talk for just a minute about the association. And uh, we had our preseason picks, our playoff picks, right? And yeah, a lot you... of mine aren't looking so good. <laughs> and which team did you have winning it all? I had, um, the, I had Golden State Golden winning State. the whole thing. Golden yep. State. You know what Golden State's record is right now? Oh, my goodness. Uh, should we go with four and three? Uh, how about three and four? Oh, three and four. How about wow, below 500? 
I um, took, Rob, as you'll remember, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Yep. The only undefeated team uh, in pro basketball right now, right? Mm-hmm. 6-0. That is correct. Uh, looking spectacular. And our biggest uh, area of difference, we had some that we shuffled around. Uh, the Miami, uh, Brooklyn, uh, didn't know that Steve Nash wouldn't make it uh, into November, but uh, he's gone as coach of the Nets. And the Sixers. Yeah. Uh, we had them in kind of mixed up order, and we had Utah and Denver and some others just kind of uh, a slot or two apart. But in the eighth slot in the West, yeah, you had the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, what was I thinking? How they doing? Yeah, they're not doing good at all. Just got their first <laughs> win. If you would have told me that that first win was going to come against, uh, you know, uh, or first of all that their first yeah. win was going to come after a whole handful of games yeah. probably would have called you crazy, but even more so that it was going to happen against the Denver Nuggets, a team that we put in such high regard yeah. in the West. I would have said it, you were crazy at that too, but it's a long, long, long season. season. That's my, I, I get that's it. My, that's my disclaimer. All right. you know okay. that that's where I was going. I got it. Do you know what the Lakers winning percentage is? <laughs> oh, geez. Right now. Yep. Um, shoot. Probably what? Like, geez, not even, not even a whole one percent. No, like. it's one one sixty seven. Wow! So uh, they are one and five, and my choice for the eighth spot are the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, who have the uh, best record? Yeah, right. Good. Tied for the best record in the West at five and one. So uh, they are at eight thirty three. And if you put eight thirty three and one sixty seven together, then you get one thousand. So. Uh, yeah. They just have flipped records, one and five for L.A. and five and one for Portland. And let's not forget Jack's Cleveland Cavalier pick. Thank either. you, Rob. You deserve a raise yeah. for saying that. That yeah. was good. See how they throw it in there? Yeah. I believe five and one yeah. to start the season. Yeah. That was my sleeper team, and they've woken up, and they didn't Some have Darius to... Garland yet. Yeah, yeah. Something else I was thinking about and looking at, too, Jack. We expected for teams like Utah, San Antonio to just go completely yeah, in the dumps absolutely. and so forth. And, and, and these are teams that are at the top. They're you know, third and fourth in the West. The West right now, yeah, seriously. And and But I, I feel like I've done a halfway decent job with, you know, we, we, we all kind of figure that New Orleans yeah. is going to take a bump up. They look really good. And even Memphis that I put in my seventh spot currently in eighth. I have to keep a close eye on that. But, again, not too much credit because – it's still a long way to go. Yeah. Well, uh, do you think that either San Antonio or Utah will make the expanded playoffs, that is the top 10 teams uh, in the Western Conference? Right now they're three and four. Or do you think that they will plummet soon? Um, I don't know how soon. Um, but I will say that they will plummet. I think the first team that I feel the most comfortable about saying that that will happen to is Utah. I don't think that tanking as much as, you know, the rumors have been thrown around here and there about San Antonio. I don't think that is in the mentality of, of Coach Pop at all. Um, and now whether his mentality is what is going to hold up, he's not the one putting the points on the board and out there getting stops or anything, but – uh, I, I, I just don't see someone like him being all bought in on the, you know, Victor Wimbanyama uh, sweepstakes. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Jazz last night, I don't know if you caught any of that game. 
But uh, Memphis Grizzlies, a lot of people's choice uh, to challenge the Warriors in the West. Yeah. And Utah beat them by 16 points, and it was not fluky. Yeah. And uh, I think Utah has a guy who who might be um, surprise player of the year. You're going to pick one guy who has just said, I didn't see that coming. How about Laurie Markkinen? Laurie Markkinen. Unbelievable. Laurie Markkinen, Laurie Markkinen has really kind of, you know, reshaped the not image but just the thoughts in a lot of people's yeah. minds who you know obviously he's a good jump shooter coming out of arizona maybe not necessarily have the defensive impact yeah. uh for a guy of his size but expectations for guys like jordan clarkson right. and so forth i mean they're really putting it together and playing together as a unit and i think not having all that pressure or bullseye on your back and everything else people you know writing you off is yeah. something that is kind of driving them to a degree and uh, Laurie Markin and being at the at the forefront of that, I think is good for that particular team. Yeah. And Kelly O'Lenick, they've got guys yeah, that yeah. I think they got some guys that fit because they have guys that want to win. It's one thing to have the talent to do it and to just talk about it, tweet about it, text about it, but to actually go out there and put it out there on the floor at least for a whole week so far, yeah. two weeks. I think that uh, it's shown improving. We will talk with you next week, Deshaun. Uh, you're going to want to listen to our next guest, a guy that you know, oh. Aloysius Anagagne. Hey. Big Al. He's going to join us and um, pride of France. And he's yeah. lived in eight different countries. But yeah, they gonna... could probably they, they, they could probably use him on this football team, Jack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in about <laughs> six positions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks so much, Deshaun. Have a great week. Thanks so much, Jack. Appreciate it. Next time. All right. Uh, We will be right back, and uh, number 25 is going to join us. And uh, I think that he got more phantom foul calls against him than anyone. Uh, It's like when he checked into the game, Rob, uh, they gave him two fouls. We will be right back on The Drive with Jack. Culver's could have only started in Wisconsin. Just ask our team member, Sarah. When you order a Culver's Butterburger, you're never just a customer. You're a guest in our home. It's why we cook each Butterburger to order just for you. Right down to getting the perfect sear on the beef. That extra care may be a small town thing, but it's big time important to us. Let us serve you with a smile that stretches from our hometown to yours. Welcome to Delicious. Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping experience for Spartan fans with everything you need to show your Michigan State pride. They have the largest and best selection of apparel for the entire family. Nike, Cutter & Buck, Columbia, Champion, plus their two-for-38-dollar tees. And you can't miss their great gifts and accessories. Make sure your family is game ready. Check them out in Lansing's Eastwood Town Center or anytime at alumnihall.com. That's Alumni Hall where Spartan fans shop. If your next event or holiday party has you feeling stressed and overwhelmed, don't be. Voted Lansing's best new restaurant by Top of the Town, One North Kitchen and Bar has catering for every occasion from an award-winning chef. Book your next event by calling 517-901-5001. One North is the perfect place to get with family and friends for all the big games. Also voted Lansing's best sports bar, They have over 40 TVs, feature scratch cooking, amazing craft cocktails, and the largest draft beer selection in West Lansing. That's One North Kitchen and Bar, 
where friends and family gather to make good times great. Time for a career change? Looking to make a difference? Dean Transportation is looking for compassionate people to join our dedicated team of school bus professionals. Dean Transportation has immediate openings and offers paid training to obtain a commercial driver's license. With increased starting pay, benefit packages, flexible scheduling with weekday hours, and more, Dean Transportation may be the career choice for you. No experience needed. Apply now and train all summer. Head to DeanJobs.com. So, it's been a while since you've had your jewelry cleaned and inspected, right? Where will you go and who will you trust with your most valuable and treasured heirlooms? At Meadowar Jewelers' four locations in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage, jewelry isn't just our job, it's our passion. Each and every piece entrusted in our care is thoroughly inspected by our trained staff against damage or normal wear. And we offer you, our customer, the highest level of quality on repairs and custom designs. Whether it's worn-out prongs, channels, or shanks, it's all handled with incredible care. Medawar Jewelers in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage want to help you preserve your memories and offer you options on creating new ones. Come in today for the cleaning and inspection of your jewelry. We continue to work hard every day to earn your confidence and trust. Jack Eblin here with my good friend Matt Sloan at Graf Chevrolet and Graf Nissan. A lot more traffic out here, and it looks like you got some new inventory coming. Finally, Jack, it's getting there. We're not back to the good old days, but we're certainly getting better. We've got more Chevys, more Nissans than we've had in probably a year. 2023s are starting to hit the ground, so it's a great time to come out and look for a new vehicle. And if you're looking to maintain your current one, don't forget we've got a great service parts and body shop as well. Stop out and see Matt and the gang here on West Grand River and Okemos. They're making friends. Culver's could have only started in Wisconsin. Our team member, Nick, will tell you why. Oh, yeah, that's an easy one. Wisconsin is the dairy state, so naturally, Culver's was inspired by everyone's favorite rich and creamy tradition, frozen custard. We make our fresh frozen custard in small batches in every Culver's. It's a match, or (laughs) batch, made in heaven. Come have a taste of Wisconsin. Welcome to Delicious. When you want Spartan gear, Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping destination. They always deliver the best and newest selection of apparel for the whole family. Nike, Cutter and Buck, Columbia, Champion, plus accessories, Yeti, hats, and all things Spartan. Spartan students, faculty, and military enjoy 10% off in-store every day. Check them out in Lansing or at alumnihall.com to make sure you are game ready. It's Alumni Hall. Or Spartan fans shop. Spotlight radio. There we go. You got to push the button, Rob. There we go. All right. Uh, we are back and uh, downtown today, 105 West Allegan. Want to welcome in our next guest uh, on the phone from Detroit, or Detroit area, and that is Aloysius Anagonye Big Al. Uh, you remember him from Michigan State in early this century and part of the national championship team. One of Tom Izzo's favorite players, Rob. A guy who he knew exactly what he was going to get 
He went out there. He's what uh, Tom always referred to as a low-maintenance player. He did whatever it took for his team to win. Very selfless, boarded, played defense, got points when they were there, and didn't chase shots. How you doing, Al? I'm doing very well. I'm very, very well. How are you? I'm fine, and uh, we have a lot to talk about, including what you're doing now and uh, the start of college basketball uh, with Michigan State's first exhibition game tonight. And we have some other things to talk about in the sports world. But first, I want to talk about what you are doing in terms of uh, voters and the election coming up. And I don't mean this to be partisan, but I, I was very impressed that uh, you would be so involved in this effort. Can you tell our listeners about it? So, thank you, uh, Jack. Like always, it's always great to be just in your presence, just to hear your voice. So, <laughs> that's that's a blessing right there. <clears throat> well, I've been living overseas for a while, and when you live overseas, you tend to appreciate things a little different than people when you live in here. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I noticed was this incredible country has something special and sometimes we take it uh, for granted for it um live, i live in eight different countries 17 years of just traveling right and you're, you've been to different places and you speak to different people and there's only two things that make really make american great now beside everything uh, yeah. i mean it's a detroit the differences. Hockey, so, so, yeah. yeah but <clears throat> it's just simple just the ability to have a voice and to be and to speak freedom of speech freedom of speech and the freedom of movement mm. those two things are very apparent you know being able to just pick up and go to chicago and right. relocate and start your life over without no headaches or going to la right. and you, you don't know, have to get that approved that. by anybody yeah. you don't need government no. clearance to do it my son no. has lived in beijing mm. for more than a decade and i can tell you that uh for every good thing over there, there is a restriction, which yeah. I would find incredibly annoying. Uh, yeah. You know, whether it's uh, armed security outside your residence or whether it's uh, the lack of freedom to express anything and uh, you know that there's going to be ramifications if you do. So I think that that's a great point, and I think we lose track of that, Al. We don't appreciate it as much as we should. I, I think sometimes it always takes us a minute to come back yeah. to understand something, and I do not want to be the one of those people that lose something <laughs> to appreciate when it's gone. Right. I want to appreciate why I'm, I'm living, you know, and like every, like we got something to say that you, we don't want to give people their flowers when they die. We want to <laughs> give them flowers when they're alive. So I definitely want to give America their flowers when they are, I'm alive. And this voting, this voting thing is very important. As a businessman now, you realize yeah. that, you know, you want to hear your voice. You want to be able to make sure you make a difference in the community you're serving. And you want the people around you to understand they have a voice and they can be heard. And so, you know, November 8th is, uh, you know, all it's important for me. It's important for you. Yeah. Go out there, vote, um, vote, um, vote with honesty and truth in your heart and vote for something that, you know, can, for the community. You know, there's a lot of things that I, I I don't go into who you should vote for. Right, right. But I always I always tell people, look, 
And at the end of the day, I'm just like who I am on the court. I'm off the court. I'm here to serve the people. Right. And uh, I'm here to be a team player. So yes. whatever team that is a inter- you know, universal team player, that's who I play for. So uh, You were involved in the Get Out the, Vo- Get Out the Vote effort the other night when I talked with you. In fact, uh, you, were, you were doing a few things. Can you tell us what that entails? What do you do? Just being just being present, just okay. going out, just being present, telling your friends, you know, about yeah. it. Um, I'm still surprised a lot of people haven't even registered. Yeah, and that that's surprising to me. Yeah. And uh, again, I tell people, um, don't be the last one standing. Uh, don't yeah. be um, don't don't miss out now on your yeah. opportunity. And young gold, as long as you're, I think, 18 years old in America, you can vote. Yeah. And, some countries, uh, you don't even get to vote at 18. And yeah. take advantage Some countries, of uh, depending on who you are, you don't even get to yep. vote. Yep, you don't even get to vote, depending on who your family member is. Right, right. You don't get to vote. So I love that about America. I love that about uh, the U.S. And uh, I would never, ever tell people that, you know, it's, it doesn't mean nothing. Yeah. It means everything. Yeah. Al, uh, I am... Uh, very, very, very strong advocate of voting uh, to the point where I've gotten in some shouting matches with friends over it. Mm. And uh, I believe that so many people fought for you to have the right that it's disrespectful for you not to vote or to care enough to understand the impact. And people say, well, you know, they're all the same. Politicians all stink. No, there are differences. And some are better than others. Uh, whether you agree with them. I'm not telling you what to agree with. I'm telling you, do your research and care about where you live. And uh, if somebody starts complaining to me about something, I usually say, uh, did you vote? And if they say, no, I didn't vote, then I don't have anything else to say to them. End of topic. If you don't vote, you lose your right to complain to me. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yes. uh, I understand. But, you know, one of the things I tell people, and I really tell people, um, empowerment is by your action as well, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so just think about voting as power, and you don't want to give your power away. That's 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 all I tell people. Some people feel powerless. Right. And maybe the only time to uh, feel you have any power is that day when everybody can register and go vote, and that's your power. Don't. Don't give it away. That's all. Just yeah. Don't give it away. Yeah. The people you vote for are supposedly, allegedly, your representatives. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that uh, if you don't like it, then you should uh, automatically run for office. If you want to do that at whatever level, then God bless you. But if you don't care enough to go out and get off your butt and vote, or now, now with mail-in voting, it is so easy you don't have to worry and see if it's raining that day. You don't have to worry and see what your work schedule is that day. Uh, there's so much information out there. You can't say, well, you know, I, I couldn't tell the candidates apart. Trust me, with the amount of advertising that we have been hit with here, you cannot turn on the television for more than 30 minutes without seeing ads for both sides yep. and for some of the issues. I mean, yep. I, I don't need to hear any more about uh, Proposal 3, okay? I don't need to hear it anymore. So uh, it is what it is, and I will be very happy when the election is over because uh, we won't have that in front of us anymore. But I'll be happier if I see most people 
exercising uh, their right to vote regardless of how they vote. Yep, uh, same here. Uh, just one more thing to everybody. We all pay taxes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of us pay more than others. Rob pays more we than all... we do, Al. I can't help that. <laughs> but we all pay taxes when we go pay the sales taxes. Those, yeah. are, those go directly to the uh, state or some of them. Right, you know? right. So just remember that when you are talking about taxes and, you know, everybody talks about, you know, who pays tax and who don't pay mm-hmm. tax. But yeah. we all participate when we buy a T-shirt um, just by paying that 6%. That's, that is important that you all, everybody knows that. So everybody, go out and vote. And uh, I wish uh, everybody also, you know, stay safe, always. Stay safe. All right. Before we get into uh, what you are doing in the business world, this is very exciting. I'm not sure I understand it. I'm not smart enough to, to know everything you're up to with this. But I want to talk basketball for a second. Mm-hmm. Michigan State, uh, beginning year 28 under Tom Izzo tonight yeah. Yeah. Uh, against Grand Valley uh, exhibition game at Breslin Center. Are we going to see you up here for some games? Yeah, definitely going to be up there. Those are my brothers. I'm definitely going to come and support them. Today, no, it's tough. You know, I'm over here in Detroit trying to run the business. But yeah, uh, yeah. definitely when I, uh, when I have a chance, I'm always, you know, I was up there watching them practice. And um, we, Coach Hizzo's done a great job with yeah. the numbers he has. Um, I can see growth in so many different places. Yeah. And I'm really excited for this year. Yeah. Um, I think this is going to be a unique year, and I'm just hope you know everybody just give you know give them a chance. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I see them playing, I see them practicing. They're working hard, and if you have good enough talent and you hard work hard enough, I think it's going to be a very exciting year. I have an idea, Al, for something that would really help this team. Give any idea what it is? Uh, no, not exactly. Uh, I think Tom is. I'm going to tell him this, too. I might tell him this tonight. I think that he would be very well served with Dwayne Stevens, his coach of the bigs, now the head coach at Western Michigan, and Doug Wojcik, who's an excellent coach, excellent coach. He was a head coach. and uh, but, but he didn't specialize in the bigs. He did play with David Robinson mm-hmm. at Navy, but uh, that is not his number one area of expertise. I think that uh, he should occasionally just call on the services of Al Anagagne to come in and especially work with Matty Sissoko. How many years did you play professionally? Oh, wow. Uh, 17 years, 16 and some change. So, yeah, 17 okay. seasons. Uh, 16 uh, wow. plus wow. 17 years of yeah. pro experience, Big Ten experience, championship pedigree, ability to c- communicate in how many languages? Three, uh, three, four, really. Uh, right. Three fluently, but Do you speak Izoese? That would be number five. Uh, yeah, I think I speak that the best. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what I'm doing if I'm Izzo. I'm getting on the phone, and I'm saying, you know, uh, you're not going to be a coach coach here. you got bigger fish to fry than that with this new endeavor. But but can we get you over here? Can we just kind of have you talking to, to Maddie and to Jackson Kohler and uh, maybe, you know, we'll go over a couple things with them, watch them, critique them, help them in a way that they might embrace and they might accept and learn something that they wouldn't from a traditional collegiate assistant coach. I'm always open, um, especially to open 
to help my brothers. Um, that, you know, of course, the one thing I do love about Coach Izzo, he already opened his doors to a lot of the alumni that comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is something I love about our program. And a lot of people take notice and, yeah, you know, the best way to show, um, you know, is for, you know, to show that you're doing a great job is for other people to copy. Yeah. And uh, other programs already started copying that. Yeah, I'm open to definitely coming back and helping the guys whenever, if I can help and yeah. if, you know, if they're willing to understand, I'm a little tougher than uh, I'm a little tough around the edges. And yeah, yeah. Uh, the new age, I, I, you know, sometimes I got to learn how to communicate a little better with them. So, but uh, well, let me yeah. ask you this: uh, Michigan State very early, uh, November 11th, is facing Gonzaga in San Diego on the aircraft carrier, and Drew Timmy mm-hmm. uh, has been a candidate for National Player of the Year before. He will be again, and the reigning. National Player of the Year, Oscar Shibway from Kentucky. They get him in Indianapolis four days later. So what might you tell Matty Sissoko and Jackson Kohler about that experience and playing a guy of that skill level? And I, I'm guessing also that uh, you're not going to be able to beat him up much. You know about that because the officials are going to protect those guys. So one of the things is um, – we as a team, uh, when you ever play a, a guy, whenever it's a team sport, so you got to tell those guys you're going to have to communicate a lot earlier. Communications, being a general from the back is really important. Seeing everything before it start, yeah. you do not want to be in crisis mode. Not not with guys who can have really talent. So be proactive and what you want to do. Um, yeah, I was a little more physical back in the day, so I tried to <laughs> wear him on the wear his body off. Yeah, but you can't wear him bad. But our guys, we got legs. Use them, run, fly. Um, mm. But it's a lot of different ways of you know to yeah. to attack these guys. Um, the game has changed a lot. When it's, now it's about stretching the flow out. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting to see now. It's not even everybody swishing. So yeah. now the guards has a responsibility to get the big man in trouble as well. Yeah. There's a lot of ways you can attack these guys. And because of the way I've seen overseas, uh, overseas ball has been playing like that for a while. You know, I remember I was a big man. I had to switch off in the guard. We had a weird defense where I was on top of the key as a five, and we were playing a zone where I, it was almost like a matchup zone. And I followed the ball everywhere. <laughs> and that means uh, many times I would be with the point guard. Luckily, I was able to go slide my feet because I, under Coach Hizzo, that's what we had to do. But uh, it, it worked for us. But right, that, right. That's how the game is now. Everybody's switching, everybody moving around, everybody shooting threes. And then they've been doing that overseas for a long time. Big man's been yes. shooting threes for yes. a long time. So, yeah. Yes. I got a lot of ideas when it comes to that, but also I think the guys got to focus on trying to be the best they can be, yeah. uh, improving their skills, and then having the other team worried about them as well and doing the best, you know, doing the little things. Uh, I, I got a lot more to talk about. But <laughs> one thing that game. All right, one more, one more sports question, I promise, and then we're going to get to uh, this great business and all of your speaking you're doing and uh, man you are not the grass is not growing under your feet i'll tell you uh i want to talk a little bit about um competitiveness 
mm-hmm. because uh, you were like that, and, and you hit a lot of guys in the course of going for rebounds and, and uh, underneath the basket and, and uh, holding your position. But you were a gentleman off the court. I don't know anybody ever had a bad word to say about you, and there was an incident Saturday in Ann Arbor in the tunnel after the football game, and you know what that rivalry is like anyway. We're not condoning anything. We're not excusing anything. I don't even want to go there. But uh, in terms of learning to control your emotions and dealing with hostility and uh, rough surroundings, what is the message that you would pass on to collegiate athletes and, and even some pro athletes? So I'm going to give my hats off to my coaches, uh, my high school coach and my uh, and also my AAU coach. And yeah. I want to give them them. They didn't give out prizes. You had to earn prizes. Right. You learned to compete. You learn how to compete. And that's one thing. I can go back to the first time I played basketball. My first year, we lost every game. Hmm. Um we learn how to take losses, but next year we won every game, so we learn how to win, and we also learn how to be sports person. Um, as, uh, in the next years, so just like, like the coach trains people how you're supposed to take your loss and learn from your losses, you have to also train people how to learn how to win. Right and and the way to win and how to be humble and about the way to win so it goes hand in foot so I I, I gotta give my my uh, again give my flowers to my coaches Coach Walker Coach uh, Duran mm-hmm. Walker mm-hmm. and Coach Owens they they taught you how to win as well as taught you how to lose right so that's the first thing that has to go off and the new generation I guess everybody got a trophy when they went to camp and now you don't know how to compete. And I think it's showing its faces now. Now you got guys who are losing their control and their emotion because they don't know how to win. Mm-hmm. And also, they don't know how to lose mm-hmm. with grace. Mm-hmm. So my advice to the guys is like, look, I start with the coaches. Yes, um, Coach Tuck's trying to um, beat everything before it reaches to a, a, a right. heated right. pits. Right. Right. Especially where we... Yeah. Yeah, before it boils over, especially what's going on with the university itself. Um, that's unfortunate, but sports is like that now in university. It affects the whole university, mm-hmm. and I guess that's also part of a decision-making. I hope the players understand that as well. Yeah. So first thing is I think both coaches should hold their players accountable, mm-hmm. um, especially the, even the losing as well as the winning side. I yeah. saw the video me personally i i'm a tough guy i wouldn't like if somebody was skipping next to me and and he's you know rubbing you know rubbing in my face and you know when we just lost i think and we all know about rival games yeah all rival games are more heated than any other right so all coaches know that because you they pump your players up before the game. Yeah. You're hitting your chest before the game. You're ready to play because right. it's a rival game. You so, hear about this 365 days a year. and Exactly. You know, the other thing I was going to say with this, Al, and I, I mentioned it yesterday, is I think this is reflective, as, as you suggested, about some other things going on in our society. And now, uh, whatever happened to civility, I mean, it's just constant, constant trash talk and berating 
the other side. There is no conciliation. Everyone is so dug in. Violence is condoned. I mean, I couldn't believe the other night when I heard that uh, the Speaker of the House's husband, 82 years old in bed, uh, was, uh, you know, someone broke into the house looking for his wife and wound up fracturing his skull with a hammer. I mean, this is kind of stuff now, and it isn't even universal outrage. I mean, it's outrage, outrage on one side of the aisle, and it might be reversed if it were the other way. But uh, the common decency factor here, uh, this has got to, to ratchet up a little bit, or we're going to have some big problems, and we're going to be like a lot of the countries you mentioned overseas where we have uh, autocrats uh, who are running things, and, and you don't have these freedoms, and, you know, anyone can, can get away with anything. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. But also remember, um, we were just talking about politics and sports. Yeah. And I also I employ you that we don't mix a lot too much with the two. Mm-hmm. I agree with what you're saying that it that sports kind of like is a representative of where we are in a society because of how tough you are and how rough you are. Right. Now you can see in sports, uh, it's not so tough and rough like it used to be. Yeah. Because society has got more sensitive about what they want to do, about where they want to go with their with their ideals. All right. So we understand that. But in sports, and this is where I got to draw the line. Yeah. There has to be a line drawn because I, I hear that it's a criminal um, investigation, investigation and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. All the respect, and, and when it comes to criminal investigations, especially with this, I'm going to be honest with you. If the if you want to do criminal investigation, you open up a big one, and they still had the uniforms on. Yes, they were on the the tunnel, but I remember as a sportsman, from locker room to locker room, you're trying to get your mind ready for the game. The game is played on your head. These guys still have the guys. They, the game is still in their head from to they get their uniform off them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you got to kind of understand, as young men, you got to teach these guys. But for you to go to criminal actions and all this, I don't like. I'm scared that you no, know, now guys when they want to hit that hard in the football game because that could be a criminal action. And he could get a sue for hitting the guy too hard. I just, I'm scared of that. And there, it has to be lines to draw. Yes, physical, you should be suspended. And I think um, Coach did a great job dealing with that right away. Yes, there should be actions, but it shouldn't. It should go both ways in this. I, I do think um, Michigan's coach should. You know, I, I'm not going to call him out. Right, I shouldn't, but I think he should also considered his side of the coin as well, too, about how everything turned out. You know, before that, I saw a video of the guys getting into it before they got into the tunnel. So we already know yeah, yeah. they were going to be jostling. So I also saw somebody told me this happened against Ohio State. You know, this video out there of Ohio State. So yeah. this ain't the first time. So what I, I'm trying to say is... I, if you I know hear you there. I just I just don't them. know what the justification is for cracking someone in the head with a helmet. I think that's... That one, I, I think that that is something, I think, as a player, as an individual, I think that needs to be handled from yeah. each other, yeah. those, those players. I, um, I have to ask you a couple of things about uh, what you're doing now, Al, before we let you go or... We always run out of time when we talk. It, it, we we always uh, run over. But uh, 
what you have going now really is is two things. You've got all the speaking that you're doing, which I think is is very cool. But you have the business opportunities here, and you've got 3D to AR. I guess that's alternate reality, right? Yep. yep. Um, can you tell us a little bit about this because it is it's exciting, and I read it, and I hope I I got the concept right. Uh, of the things that we can do and the things we will be doing in the future. Yeah, yeah thank, thanks a lot. So I just opened uh, a company called Wonder Partners. It's a three. It's a Web three company, and those who understand about Web three is the next generation yeah. of the web. Mm-hmm. And it's really it's a company that's driven for like getting people to understand what. Web3 can do for them and their businesses. And we build 3D models, and the 3D means 360 degrees, where you can enjoy whatever product that you're selling. You can see it in a better uh, uh, better views, different different angles. And then we can launch it with an augmented reality and into a new space and kind of connecting the digital digital world to the physical world. So you're helping uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, take their businesses into uh, the future. Yep. Digital transformation is what we are into right now, yes. So it's kind of like... You, it's a futuristic company. Uh, I believe if something's happening now, it needs to happen. Uh, no matter everybody knows about ten billion dollars being spent there, but there's lots of money that's being spent all over the world. And this company comes from France. It's already doing a very good job over there. We we partner up with Barman, uh, Renault, mm-hmm. uh, Carrefour. Those are really heavy brands already in France. And now I'm trying to do the same thing here in the U.S. Uh, we are a startup company here in the U.S. Obviously, this is a new technology in companies right, uh, right. that's got to get used to understand what they can do, what's the KPIs, how we can uh, allow them to get how cost savings from it. But also, the, the, the beautiful part about this is it can go into education. You know, we, yeah, yeah. We, already, we already started working with some of the education components where now we can launch of the augmented video from a textbook in which now you can get a better timeline. You can see wow, from a textbook. If you, yeah, from a textbook just by just looking at it. It's a lot of uh, like uh, uh, a lot of things that we can do right now when we are talking about right. interacting. How, with how can somebody object. get more information about this? Uh, what's the website address? Uh, easy. Wonderpartners.com. Uh, Wonder um, Partners. Wonder Partners, right? Yeah, and wonderpartners.com. Dot com. Yep, and uh, the best way to get in touch with me, I'm great. I'm tell you this. This is 2022. <laughs> Look me up on the social media. Hit me up on social media. Yeah. You can hit me on uh, at Aloysius Anagaye. I'm on, on Instagram, at yeah. Anagaye on Facebook. But if you have any interest in it, I'm one of those guys who sit down, we have a conversation, yeah. and then you can we can go from there. You're doing a lot of speaking. I'm looking at this uh, speaking query here, and uh, lots of companies are going to want to employ you. They're going to want to use your services here. I can tell you one person who will not be hitting you up on social media, a guy named <laughs> Izzo. Yeah, yeah. I, I figured you were going to say Coach Izzo. But I'm lucky that that's one guy that I can really, you know, walk and talk with him. <laughs> and we can discuss about a lot of things together without social media. 
Al, great to talk with you. I hope I'll see you up here very soon. I'll see you soon, man. Thank right. you again. Aloysius Anagane. Uh, we will be right back, and uh, I want to talk for just a couple minutes about the trade deadline and a couple of deals in the National Football League. And I'll give you my idea of how teams should handle this because some have done it very well today. Others, they don't get it. And we're also going to have Jim Stark in studio. Of course, Michigan Sports Legacy Conservancy. He'll be talking about the World Series, about baseball, about the Pistons. And then we're going to finish up with Jim Gum. J-I-M-G-U-M-M, two M's. Usually has a deal where you can get free or uh, a tremendous offer on The Blitz, which is the best uh, football newsletter in the country. It is uh, something I look at every single week and uh, makes me smarter than I really am. We'll be right back on The Drive with Jack. Culver's could have only started in Wisconsin. Hi, just ask our team member, Sarah. When you order a Culver's Butterburger, you're never just a customer. You're a guest in our home. It's why we cook each Butterburger to order just for you, right down to getting the perfect sear on the beef. That extra care may be a small-town thing, but it's big-time important to us. Let us serve you with a smile that stretches from our hometown to yours. Welcome to Delicious. Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping experience for Spartan fans with everything you need to show your Michigan State pride. They have the largest and best selection of apparel for the entire family. Nike, Cutter and Buck, Columbia, Champion, plus their two for $38 tees. And you can't miss their great gifts and accessories. Make sure your family is game ready. Check them out in Lansing's Eastwood Town Center or anytime at alumnihall.com. That's Alumni Hall where Spartan fans shop. If your next event or holiday party has you feeling stressed and overwhelmed, don't be. Voted Lansing's best new restaurant by Top of the Town, One North Kitchen and Bar has catering for every occasion from an award-winning chef. Book your next event by calling 517-901-5001. One North is the perfect place to get with family and friends for all the big games. Also voted Lansing's best sports bar, They have over 40 TVs, feature scratch cooking, amazing craft cocktails, and the largest draft beer selection in West Lansing. That's One North Kitchen and Bar, where friends and family gather to make good times great. Time for a career change? Looking to make a difference? Dean Transportation is looking for compassionate people to join our dedicated team of school bus professionals. Dean Transportation has immediate openings and offers paid training to obtain a commercial driver's license. With increased starting pay, benefit packages, flexible scheduling with weekday hours, and more, Dean Transportation may be the career choice for you. No experience needed. Apply now and train all summer. Head to DeanJobs.com. So, it's been a while since you've had your jewelry cleaned and inspected, right? Where will you go and who will you trust with your most valuable and treasured heirlooms? At Meadowar Jewelers' four locations in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage, jewelry isn't just our job, it's our passion. Each and every piece entrusted in our care is thoroughly inspected by our trained staff against damage or normal wear. And we offer you, our customer, the highest level of quality on repairs and custom designs. Whether it's worn-out prongs, channels, or shanks, it's all handled with incredible care. 
Medawar Jewelers in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage want to help you preserve your memories and offer you options on creating new ones. Come in today for the cleaning and inspection of your jewelry. We continue to work hard every day to earn your confidence and trust. Jack Ebling here with my good friend Matt Sloan at Graf Chevrolet and Graf Nissan. A lot more traffic out here, and it looks like you got some new inventory coming. Finally, Jack. It's getting there. We're not back to the good old days, but we're certainly getting better. We've got more Chevys, more Nissans than we've had in probably a year. 2023s are starting to hit the ground, so it's a great time to come out and look for a new vehicle. And if you're looking to maintain your current one, don't forget we've got a great service parts and body shop as well. Stop out and see Matt and the gang here on West Grand River in Okemos. They're making friends. Culver's could have only started in Wisconsin. Our team member, Nick, will tell you why. Oh, yeah, that's an easy one. Wisconsin is the dairy state, so naturally, Culver's was inspired by everyone's favorite rich and creamy tradition, frozen custard. We make our fresh frozen custard in small batches in every Culver's. It's a match, or (laughs) batch, made in heaven. Come have a taste of Wisconsin. Welcome to Delicious. Welcome back. It is the Drive with Jack Spotlight Radio Network. Uh, one away, and very quickly, uh, we have Jim Stark here, but I want to talk for just a minute about the NFL trading deadline, Rob. And uh, yes, you want to put Stark's mic on? You'll keep it off for the whole show. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, there it is. I, I see. I see the the show improvement program is in place. Keep my mic off. I got it. I and got you can it. you can turn down his volume too because they're hearing him right now to, out on Washington Street. All right. <laughs> Since when do I need volume turned up? Exactly. Um, but bad, big trade today. Yeah. So uh, this is good for T.J. Hawkinson. He gets to play in a Lions Vikings game in Ford Field and actually win it. <laughs> well, time. two things I don't get about the trade. Yeah. One. Why the Vikings? Because now he comes back to haunt you twice yeah. a year. Yeah. But two, why have to give them a draft pick? I get, I get oh, not getting oh, a first in return. Dumb. But they gave him uh, two picks, right? Dumb. They gave yes. him a, yes. a, they gave him a fourth and then a conditional and they got two one. picks back. Yeah, but a second and third. But to me, they gave more value than they getting back. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You're talking about a guy who was a number one overall pick. Now you can say he shouldn't have been. The fact is, he was. Right. They used that much draft capital on on him in 2018. And and he just had a big game. The problem is the Lions didn't know how to use him, and he he had some injury issues. But right. but he's considered one of the top five or six tight ends in the NFL. Absolutely. Now the Vikings are all in. They got one loss. They're going for it, right? And Irv Smith, their tight end, is going to be out for quite a while. Right. So they get Hawkinson. Now this gives them a lot of freedom. Kirk Cousins is doing cartwheels. So why not hold him up for more then? Well, did, Absolutely. To me, I don't think Absolutely. they got enough for him. You have to ask Brad Holmes that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he shopped them or he just, the uh, Vikings called and said, hey, we need a tight end. We'll take this guy's uh, bloated contract off your hands. Well, I guess if you consider it, was it bloated? I don't know. It's not bloated if he if he performs. Well, if he doesn't perform, thing, if he's injured, it's bloated. If if you're trading a division, you, they better pay a premium. Yeah, right? well, they're not. And I, I don't think so. Here's why they're not. They're getting a second and a third. Yep. And they're giving up uh, Hawkinson and a pair of fourths. Right. So just take Hawkinson out of the equation right now, right. whether he's an all-pro level player or not, and he has been. Getting a second pick from the Vikings, that's going to be late in the round. Right. That's going to be like the 60th pick. Right. 
giving up a fourth-round pick, that's like the last pick in round three. So right now, the way the standings are, that would be the 97th pick. They're moving up 36, 37 picks. That's not much. Not at that point of the draft. And then the year after that, it's less because they're giving up uh, a four and they're only getting a three. And if it's a late three, that might only be five or ten spots. Well, here's the thing. There's a formula, isn't there, for like what they give value to draft picks, right? I wonder what the formula would say about that trade. Uh, I couldn't imagine it would be very good, especially where the Vikings are. Now, if the Vikings stunk like the Lions, the difference in a second-round pick for a bad team, which could be the 33rd, 34th, 35th pick, as opposed to the 62nd, 63rd, or 64th pick, is huge Huge. in the same round. Huge, yep. Yeah, I agree. Well, here's the other thing. Um, The guy I would have traded is Taylor Decker. I th- yeah. Because what do you do? You tra- you tra- Another the- guy, overrated. He's, he's, he's 29 years old. Yeah. He's due $20 million a year the next two years, Injury right? prone. And they got Penny Suell, who they can slide over, because he's, he's a natural left tackle. Yeah. You, you trade yeah. him. They, and left tackles are hard to get. And they so are, see. They, they have two of them. They could, they could get a first-round pick they, for him. They could have maxed. I wish they would have made that move. Yeah. Uh, I would have been all, all in on that one, too. But I look at a couple of other teams here, and Rob, uh, this is how it can be done. I'm not trying to tell Brad Holmes how, how to do his job, but if you look around the league and you see Miami, okay? Yep. Now, they're in this thing. They think on sure. the right day they can beat Buffalo. Yeah. You know, maybe that's wishful thinking, but, you know, uh, stranger things have happened. They're in the hunt. They're in the hunt. That's all you can ask for. So what do they need? They go out and they get Bradley Chubb, who's one of the best pass rushers in football from Denver. He's key to the Denver defense. Yep. And they give up a first-round pick. Oh, they give up a first-round pick, but if it's a 30th pick, right. it's not that big a deal. Right. So uh, hats off to the Dolphins in this deal. And then I look at the Bears, and I have no idea what the Bears are doing. The Bears, first of all, they give up Roquan Smith, who's their best player, right? And he's young. Right. And they give him away to the Ravens, and they say, well, you know what? We weren't sure we wanted to pay him. Well, you got to pay somebody. You know, right. fr- franchise the guy if you can't do that. You know, put the tag on him. But they said, okay, so we're going to do that. And then they said, well, you know what, though? Uh, we really ha- need to help Justin, uh, Fields. Justin Fields a little yeah. more. So we're going to go get a receiver. So they get a guy who... He's not a marquee receiver. He's not one of the top couple receivers for Pittsburgh. Yeah, Claypool. Chase Claypool. Yeah. And they give up a second-round pick. Uh, now, a second-round yeah. pick when you're the Bears <laughs> is a top-40 pick. And that could be a top-wide receiver pick, right? Uh, I would could, think. Yeah. Well, I, I guarantee you one of the motivations for the Lions was that wasn't Brad Holmes' pick, right? Yeah. That, so, so right away, he has no invested value in Hawkinson, other than, other than what's on you know what's on on the uh, on the surface, yeah. it's 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 not unlike the Tigers. With now they're going to start cutting all those Avila guys. They don't care now. They don't yeah. they don't have an invested uh, vested interest in them. So that's one part of it. But I would have liked. Just to tell s- me they're not going to have Gregory Soto back, please. Oh, I don't. I think you can bet the farm on that. Thank you. I think you can bet the farm on that. Number one, he has value because he's a left-handed relief pitcher who throws yeah. 100 miles an hour. Yeah. But number two, he's part of that old guard. Yeah. Who doesn't know there's a strike zone. And, and what do we hear right from the start? It's going to own the strike zone. Own the strike zone. Thank you. So, but, but getting back to the Lions for a second, I would, again, my, my disappointment was not trading Taylor Deck. I mean, that was yeah. an obvious move. Yeah, I agree. Because some team that's close to winning, 
So the Lions were 0 for 2 today. They, they traded and didn't get much for Hawkinson and uh, didn't trade the guy they should have traded. Yeah, and, and, and I don't know. And I, I thought the firing of Aubrey Pleasant, uh, Aubrey Pleasant, I think, what good does that do? They have an awful defense. What is yeah. firing the coach going to do? You know, uh, Duffy Doherty used to have a, a saying about this when people would, would miss the big problem, and they would pick at a little problem. And uh, they asked him one time about, uh, you know, somebody who dropped a pass or something like that. And he said, uh, blaming the loss on that is like blaming the Johnstown flood on a leaky toilet in Altoona. <laughs> it's right. Right. It's, I mean, you know, you got something big and you say, well, you know, I'm over here. Well, that had nothing to do with it. No. In the grand scale. They have, they have terrible players in defense. I don't care if you're the new Rockney re- reincarnated. What yeah. can you do with that? I want to say one other thing about Aubrey Pleasant. I don't know Aubrey Pleasant. I've never talked well, to him. He's from Flint. Yeah, that's good for him. Uh, I like Flint. But the fact is, I've seen so many coaches in the middle of a season or when they're trying to save their ass at the end of that's, the season, yep. throwing a coach looking for scapegoats. under yep. the diesel. Yep. yep. I remember when Nick Saban got fired at Ohio State because Earl Bruce got called in and he said, look, I'm going to clean house. I'm going to get rid of all my defensive coaches, including some great ones. Yep. And it bought him some time. Yep. Right. Nick Saban never forgot that. When he beat Ohio State back to back years, he was the uh, happiest ten men. <laughs> well, again, you, you know. So, it, do you see then? Do you see the defensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions being the same person for next season? I hope not. Well, well right. I, but I, he didn't have any players. I think. Correct. I think That's Campbell going with it. Campbell bought some time by firing Pleasant instead of firing Glenn. Right. Yeah. Well, if players. you wanted to trade. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson, maybe they should have traded him and, and a pick for Roquan Smith. You'd have got the best player from the Bears and a guy who's going to be a pro bowler for a long time in the middle of that defense. Yep. No, I, I, again, I, I don't mind trading Hawkinson. That's okay. But gets, uh, I, that's why I didn't. I like the trading they got for, for uh, Stafford. I think it was, that was a, a hijacking. Yeah. But where is it You know, where is it now? Well, it could be a hijacking. Well, right. You've right. got to see who right. they get. That's as Fred Human always says, that's true. upside can't play. No, that's true. You're right. You've got to see you, who and the shows Rams up. Are, and the Rams are three and four right now? Yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're so, but And again, they, you're right. They've got to, they've got to utilize the cap. But right now, they've got six picks in the top 100 next year, yeah. which is great, yeah. but only if, if you hit on them. You hit on them, yeah. yeah. Here's one for you, Rob. I just realized this today. Um, what do Peyton Thorne, Tom Brady, <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers have in common? Three and five. Three and five. Good, good job, Rob. Hey. Michigan State, the Bucks, and the Packers are three and five. I was going to guess they all got broken up from their girlfriends recently. I thought, uh, that's, that's, that would have that been my guess. That's very possible. I don't know. Rob, think, Rob's much smarter than I me, I think though. Peyton has the most uh, job security there. R- R- Rob on. had the right answer. I, you know, yeah, I, what did. do I know? He always does. Okay. I uh, want to talk about the World Series, which was yeah. rained out last night. And think about that. They're going to push everything back one day. If you had World Series tickets, you've got to change your whole schedule now. So they're right? not just going to jam it together nope. and take nope. the, the extra, so, extra day on everything. So instead of the games being Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yep. Friday, Saturday, now they're going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Saturday Sunday. Sunday. Which, which creates a problem on a Sunday game, of course. We know Big that. Big time. But again, they have to. They have apparently the contract says they can't combine. You know, they have to give them the travel day and all that kind of stuff. I was so, thinking about the other way. <laughs> I, I said it, and then someone just said, "Are you an idiot or what?" I said, "You know, it'd be kind of cool 
than a doubleheader in the World Series. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I always, oh my right, when, when we grew up, there were day, day games day in the games. World Series, right? Absolutely. Day why couldn't they have this? And, then, and you know night. what? It would Why not? They yes. have the congressional hearings, the January 6th committee during the day, and people watch. If you had a World Love Series it. game, just one. Well, yeah, just one. you're talking about emptying the stadium and coming like a like yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not, oh, not yeah. the old no, fashioned no, doubleheader. No, 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 no. But no, no. but but empty the, the stadium and refill it. Yeah, start a game at noon today, right. and you, then come back and well, play at eight thirty. You know why they wouldn't though? For, for if no other pitching, they don't want to use one extra pitcher than they have to in the World Series. They want to have that extra same day. for both teams. Well, yeah, same but, for both teams. But but they're not saying only one team has to play. Both teams have to play. Don't hold your breath. The beauty about that is. Then you're back on schedule. Well, I, to me, that's right. Screwing the schedule up it hurts everybody. Yeah, the pitching Stat- rotations get screwed up this way. Well, I was, right? thinking about, I was thinking about the fans. The fans. You know? If you're, yeah. let's say you're you don't from out think of town. that Philadelphia, as crazy as they are right now about the Phillies, would have packed that place for a noon game today? Well, if you're, if you're in from out of town. People would have stayed overnight let, Let's from say you're in from out of town. You know, yeah. if you're, if you're, well, that's you know, you're going to take another whole night in a hotel. You know, it, it, just, it screws everything yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. So. They never do it, but I was I was big on the day night no, doubleheader like today. Like well, but but beginning the actual games, I thought yeah. Justin Verlander pitched well for five innings, and then why they, does he have the highest earned run average of any pitcher in World Series history? Any starting pitcher? He's never pitched well in the World Series. Why? I, I'll, I'll tell you what I think. Part of it is it's the same thing when he started the All Star game back in Kansas City. He had a tendency to over pitch. When he starts to really get in the middle of, of, of a big game, yeah, and he, and he didn't have a problem in the in game one until the fifth inning. Even then, it wasn't horrible, but he makes more mistakes than he does regularly. He'll get a ball up. He'll he'll get a ball over the plate more. But uh, he pitched good five innings. So, uh, but they came back and won that game, uh, or the Phillies did. But, but Phillies did. But but Houston though, they come back and win game two. They are just a machine when it comes to re. You know, they, they, they lose a, a shortstop, they get a shortstop yeah, in. Yeah. They lose George Springer. Yeah. They got you know, they, they, they just restock their all-stars. Uh, they might be in trouble. You know, if they don't uh, handle this right, they might not get because back it, to Houston. Because they lost a game at home, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, as always, game three is the pivotal one. As Every seven-game series, game three is the pivotal. And so who wins that game three is going to have a distinct advantage the rest of the way. Whoever wins it. I thought I read something, Rob, uh, maybe you know the answer to this. I thought I read something that the game that dictated the likelihood of winning more than any other is game four. I thought it was game In three. Playoffs? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was sure it was game three. Yeah. Right? Because if you're up 2-1, uh, either you're up 3-1 and you're in complete command, right. and then true. you win right. the vast majority of the time. Or yeah. if it's 2-2, especially if you've lost uh, game four at home, now, now it's the best won- of three series. Yeah, right. I, you know what? The, it's it's the, a good point. It's the third goal in hockey that you're thinking, Jim. If you can score in the third goal in hockey, that usually percentage-wise, right. the team that scores the third I goal. I thought it was yeah. the game. I'm going to look it up because Jack, <laughs> Jack makes a good I, I'm ignoring you, Rob. You've been hanging oh, around sure. with him too much. Yeah, yeah, but, Jack, sure, you make a good point because you're right. Uh, 3-1 versus 2-2 is a huge difference. So uh, who do you like in this series now? Well, I still like the Phillies. You Wait know. a minute. I mean, I mean, the Astros. You still like yeah. the Astros. Yeah, I, still, yeah, I like the. Yeah, their right. pitching is to me. Their pitching is a more experienced, and b they have better depth. Still, I still still in six. Um. Yeah, I still like. I, I think they could reel off two, three in a row. What yeah. happens if it comes to a game seven? And I don't know how this work out now with all the. I can't imagine he would pitch 
Well, when we get another rain out, maybe he could pitch three times in the World oh, Series. When yeah. you get a Game 7 and Justin Verlander's I, out on the mound. I still like him. I mean, even though he's had problems, I st- he's one of the guys you want to have on the mound. Uh, yeah, you would think. Yeah. Right? Hall I mean, of Famer. To me, he's, First he's, ballot Hall of he's Jack Morris light when it comes to <clears> pitching a big He's not Jack game. Morris because he doesn't win big games. Jack Morris was better in a big game than he no, was in a regular he, season. He's Justin the guy, he's the guy the you want out there, though. He still has the potential to throw a no-hitter every, every, every time he's out there. Right? But I think to- if you look at pitchers and uh, as somebody who had a higher ERA in the regular season, Jack Morris has the highest ERA of anybody in the Hall of Fame. Yep. But in the postseason, he was money. He was lights out. Yep. He, Justin he, Verlander's well, flipped. You're, you're right. You're right. You're right. He's almost the opposite. You're right. Yeah. He, he he pitched better in big games. Yeah. Yeah. Verlander pitches worse in big games where Morris pitched better. Exactly. Yeah. You're right about that. And, and again, but look, but look, but look at the at the uh, uh, Framer Valdez pitched a great game. Yeah. He's a really good pitcher. They brought him out of the system. Right. right? right. They lose star right. pitchers. They reload. They reload. They don't rebuild. They reload. So. Uh, Riddle me this. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, yep. who Jake Boss Jr., baseball coach at Michigan State, said is the most fearsome hitter he's ever faced when he was at Indiana. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, you just come up there and the pitchers would wet themselves <laughs> pitching to this guy, right? Yeah. And he had a home run the other night, which, you know, he starts to run the bases, and they said, wait, wait a minute, now we got to look at this, and it's outside the foul pole. Right. He's going to come back. So now it's another one they think is gone, and the guy catches it at the top of the fence. So he hits two balls, and he gets nothing for it except a loud out. And how about the fact that Schwarber bats leadoff? I was just going to ask you that. That's crazy. I mean, uh, you know, I get it with Aaron Judge, sort of, especially when he's going for the record. I wouldn't bat him leadoff. No, I I would you know, I and get he, it. he strikes he walks, out so much, right, right? But he also walks a lot. He does, but but when he was when he was at the with the Cubs, he was a difference maker then for sure. He was. So maybe he just has that personality. Maybe he's he's again the big time player. What happened to having speed at the top of the order? That's next year. Speed's supposed to come back because of the change they're making. Speed what right, change? They're, they're going to make the, making the bases a little bit bigger. They're going to change. You can't do the. Um, you can't have the. Let uh, make the bases. The bigger. bases are going to be bigger next year. They're three inches bigger, every base. Really? We talked about that. Home plate? Yeah. No, not no. home plate, but the bases. So that little bit might make a difference. Not having to shift allowed is going to make speed more of, of again, an advantage. But still, speed has become so, um, uh, dis, dis, uh, what's the right word, disadvantaged or yeah. dismissed right, as an asset. Right, right. So that they, they want a guy who gets on base. They don't worry about speed. They want a How guy who gets on base. plate judgment? How about a guy who doesn't strike out? Who gets on base and is a table setter? You know, doesn't that matter anymore? You, you, you saw you saw Billy Ball, right? Or Moneyball? Yeah, right. Yeah, that, they don't value. They that. said they don't. They don't value. They, no. they want guys. Good, they don't care yeah. about what you do. Go ahead. I, so hit hold, solo homers. <laughs> I'll take my chances getting lots well, of runners too. on base. Me too. Well, you know, well, let, let's see what the Tigers end up with this uh, on the strike zone philosophy. If that's yeah. going to change that. Well, Tigers had two problems with that. A, they didn't get anybody on base, and B. They didn't hit any home runs to drive yeah. it anyway, yeah. so it wouldn't matter. I, I, I would I would say they uh, they would take Carl, uh, a Schwarber in a second and put they bet him clean up in Detroit for sure. Yeah. No questions asked. And he's the National League leader in home runs. Yeah, forty fourth, and year. he's not their marquee player. Nope, nope, nope. And Bryce Harper, he's the star. What do they call it? The straw that stirs the drink, right? And they got some other guys who are having career. Postseason. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's and even Castellanos is playing pretty yeah. well in the postseason. He made a nice catch. Yep. Hey, Dave Dombrowski. He's changed his body too. I'm, I'm not big on Nick Castellanos' body. Don't ask me about that. But uh, you know, I was around him enough in the clubhouse to see, and and he was 
More upper body, you mean? He, he was never what I consider to be super toned. No, no. Now you see him out there, and my God, he's just rock rib. Maybe they read the, you know, the, 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 his agent got him a book or something, right? You know, more power means more money. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of that, did you see, I think I, I read, uh, Rob, speaking of that, J.D. Martisa, Martinez, the, the Red Sox are, are going to, you know, not offer him or whatever they call yeah. that now. That, you know, they, bring him gonna, back. Bring, not bringing him back? Bring yeah. him back. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, you could do worse. Are you kidding me? Right? He'd be their best hitter. Yep. Without By a far. doubt. Now, now, what did he hit last year, Rob, for the Red Sox? Uh, about two. Oh, no, it was better than that, wasn't he? Not, well, not hey, average-wise, hey, hey, but hey, home hey, runs he had. Hey, about. 270 would have led the Tigers. Yeah. Why did they let him go, Rob? Well, they got other – I mean, Devers is out there as a free agent, and okay. Bogarts has an extension. So they only so have so much money they, to go around. Okay. As crazy as it sounds. Even the Red Sox even, have a limit. As crazy as that sounds, yes. Well, Embarrassment of riches, and the problem is with all those players, they still sucked <laughs> and finished well, lower – in their division than the Tigers. So are you going to are you going to well, give? Let's look at that division. I mean, that's nonetheless one of the they finished last. Rob, yeah. the Tigers did not finish last. I'm just telling you. Well, oh, I, 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 listen, Martinez is still what thirty three now or thirty four. So at least thirty three to give him that kind of. I get that's, what you're saying, Rob. I'd rather invest the money in Devers right, right. at at twenty seven or whatever he is versus sure. Martinez at thirty four. And Martinez already has a World Series with the Red Sox. So yeah, no, I, I get it. It makes sense to me. Was that right, Jack? Is that right? Martinez got that World Series yeah, with I the guess Red you want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> 274. Yeah, 270. Yeah. Again, that led the Tigers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well so I, I I do have a couple things what about would the you ti- give What would you give him? Well, what does he want? What's what, money-wise? Yeah, like I mean, he's not going to be paid like Aaron Judge. I, I wouldn't give him more than – if I had the Tigers, I'd give yeah. him three, three years. Okay. I'd give him probably 20 oh, $25 million a year for three years. DH? Yeah, for sure. I don't yep. care. Yep. I want his bat. Yep. Was twenty five million? Is that overpaying him? Uh, you going to give him Miggy money? Nope. Twenty five a year for three years. What's Cabrera making? Thirty thirty eight. Thirty eight. Thirty six. Thirty six. Thirty eight. Yeah. Yeah. One more year. Trust me. I know this. That's Robin DeBrink's truck, man. Well, they paid him in arrears, though. Remember that. They paid right. him for what he did before. Prime years, yeah. Yes, right. yeah. Over, but I, 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 I pay him $75 million for three years. Yeah. Because I got to have someone driving and runs. I don't care if, I, if I'm rebuilding or not. I got to have someone in and the I middle think, of I, And I think that he would help Torkelson. He would Graham, help. Torkelson, he would help. Green, all those exactly. guys. Exactly. I mean, because yep, yep. he's a proven hitter. Well, I got a question for you guys. Here, yeah. I, I saw this today in doing my research. Yeah. Who is the Tigers... Or who's the Tiger of the Year this year? It's a tough question. Normally, even on a bad team, one guy stands out, right? Yeah. Who do you pick? I know who the guy, the article I read picked, and I thought it was a pretty good pick <laughs> off the wall, but who'd you pick? I don't know. The time Tarek Skubal? Nope. Eric Haas. Green? Eric Haas. Eric Haas. Yep. Okay. He ended up strong <clears throat> last two, two, yeah. two months of the season. He was as good as anybody. He's, he's in the wrong position. That's his problem. Well, wh- what do you mean? He's not a catcher. You don't think so? No. You don't think he can be? You, he, can he be part of a winning platoon at catcher? Yeah. Platoon? If, yeah. Okay. But you're, if you're your best player, you're not platoon enough. Well, I, the best player in the Tigers is like, sort of like being the best hockey player in, in Guatemala. You know what I mean? It, it ain't a great thing to, to write home about. But, um, but I, I, I like to, because, again, I'm not going to give it to Javi Lopez. I'll tell you another thing that has, has to happen next year. Javi Lopez uh, has got to move to short, or second base. I do not want him at shortstop another year. Yeah. He's, I don't care if you, if, you, if you could sign one 
or you you can't play him at shortstop. He hurts you far more than he helps you. Yeah. And I, as a second baseman, I can live with him there. Yeah, makes the big plays. Uh, spectacular plays. Spectacular plays. But uh, botches the routine Boots, plays. Yeah, and he's a good he, he's a good double play guy. He's got a good arm, but it's shortstop. Now, I want a guy that can make all the plays, not just the, the spectacular one. Uh, do you know how old J.D. Martinez is? I said 34, 35. 35, exactly. Yeah. Well, remember, he was 29 before he came to Detroit. Remember, yeah. he, had, he had been in the Houston system for a while. You can play for three years as a DH. As a DH in American sure. League? Absolutely. I mean, he, David Ortiz did it in his to his 40s. And he's in shape. Martinez is in shape. He's another guy that learned how to lift weights. He'd be the Tigers' best hitter. Oh, without a doubt. Best hitter, not just home run hitter. Best hitter. Yep. He always had a good eye. Uh, got a lot of base hits. I love He went to right field as good as anybody did. He was like Miggy going to right field. He's the guy that broke human's heart. Fred. Why? Oh, my God. Just mention J.D. Martinez around him now. He goes into catatonic. Oh, when he, when he, when oh he, yeah. Well, they, he didn't leave them. They, they got rid of him, right? They traded him. Didn't want him, right? Well, I think they traded him as much because he was at that time when they wanted to get something for him because he was going to be a free agent. Well, what did they get for him? They, got, they, they, traded, uh, um, they traded him to Arizona, right? What did they get? Well, they got a couple. No, no one. They got no one. They got no one that helped them. Just like the Verlander trade, but they they traded them. I'm not saying that prospects are always bad, right? Sometimes you can really hit it, John Smoltz. But I'm telling you, more often than not, more often than not, you go back and check this, you will find that guys are traded with productive years left for players who never make it. Oh, like Justin Verlander, for example. Yeah. All right, here we go. The three, these three all-stars, Dalwell, Lugo, Sergio Alcantara, and Jose King, they traded them to Arizona for. Those three guys. you got to be kidding Nope, me. nope, nope. And I'll tell you, when I watch these Houston Astros and I see Tucker and I see Alvarez, those yeah. were – those were both guys in the in the uh, Houston system yeah. when they made the trade for Verlander. Yeah, but they they wanted Daz Cameron and and, and well, you put the list together of former Tigers in oh. the postseason, and and you might win the World Series. Yeah, that, with that team. Yeah, so again, they traded him for three prospects, none of who did anything. Well, that goes back to the scouting, right? Of course the it part. does. Yeah, I mean, that's, of course it does. I mean, right. All right, uh, before we let you go, Jim. Uh, we got a little late start today. Uh, Pistons. Hey, big, big win two nights ago. Yeah. Big win. Almost got it last night. Almost. I was more impressed last night. I'll tell you what last night was. They gave Milwaukee all they wanted. Last night, though, Kate Cunningham had two shots. Yeah. A two-pointer and a yeah. three-pointer. He missed them both. He better learn to hit those shots at key times. Yeah. And he, he had good shots. Yeah. They got yeah. a good no, shot. they got what they wanted. Yeah. He didn't hit them. That's all the coaches do in the, in the NBA. You know that? Is manage minutes. Yep, and try to get guys good shots. And they did. That's all you can do. He makes and it. He makes it. Doesn't he, he? Doesn't. Giannis makes the shots. Yeah. Kate Cunningham didn't. Simple step. I got a Giannis take for you here. Um, talked about top five players in in NBA history. Everyone has their own. Okay. You know, there's some that are Michaels on every team. Some guys are on every team. Magic right? Bird. They're all, you know on the on Magic most of them is, Bird is not on everyone's team. But most of them top anyways. five. Yeah. Right. Uh, you can argue about center, who it is. Yep. Wilt. Yeah. Uh, B- Bill Russell. But I think when all said and done, you're going to be able to make a very strong case for Giannis Antetokounmpo as the uh, all-time four-man in the NBA. Well, the thing that would be 
cool about that is he's the new four. Yeah. He's the only one of those guys we just talked about that are the new way yeah. of playing the NBA. A Who's seven the greatest footer power can, forward in oh, well, Carl Malone. Carl Malone, Alvin Hayes. Dirk Nowitzki, maybe. Well, you maybe. Kind of a center. Maybe, but he's Nowitzki's more the, 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 the honest discussion. Yeah. But but when you think of a power forward, you yeah. think of those big strong guys, you know, Carl yeah. Malone and those guys. But but this is the new the, the seven footer who can shoot from the outside. And he's not a great outside shooter. No. He's not. That's no. the weakest part of his game. He's, he's an opportune shooter. But he is phenomenal at handling the ball and getting to the basket. Oh. Well, that, that, that the, Euro that, step doesn't hurt. Right. And with his wingspan, you know, he can take off from the dotted line and lay it in. His Euro step gets him another six feet, it seems. Yeah. Well, but again, good game by the Pistons to beat the Warriors. And the Warriors played hard. They didn't, you know, right. they sat out right. uh, uh, Clay uh, Thompson as, for a health day. But right. everyone else played. Yeah. And they, and they almost, they came within one shot of beating uh, the two of the best teams in the league. So that's, the, hopefully, Jack, hopefully that shows them making progress. All right. How often are you getting down there? Uh, I've been to three games so far. Okay. Yep. Right. I'm going to come down there and see you down there. Okay. Well, let me yeah. know. Yep. Well, yeah. uh, I got to figure out. Uh, it's just tough with the 7 o'clock. Start. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, we'll uh, maybe on a weekend or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll do we'll it. We'll make All it right. happen. Yep. All right. Thanks so much. Jim Stark, Michigan Sports Legacy Conservancy. Got some big news coming with that, too, for you very, very soon. We'll be right back, and Jim Gum will join us from the Blitz newsletter in Tennessee. What a place that is right now in terms of college football. We'll be right back. Culver's could have only started in Wisconsin. Just ask our team member, Sarah. When you order a Culver's Butterburger, you're never just a customer. You're a guest in our home. It's why we cook each Butterburger to order just for you, right down to getting the perfect sear on the beef. That extra care may be a small town thing, but it's big time important to us. Let us serve you with a smile that stretches from our hometown to yours. Welcome to Delicious. When you want Spartan gear, Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping destination. They always deliver the best and newest selection of apparel for the whole family. Nike, Cutter & Buck, Columbia, Champion, plus accessories, Yeti, hats, and all things Spartan. Spartan students, faculty, and military enjoy 10% off in-store every day. Check them out in Lansing or at alumnihall.com to make sure you are game ready. It's Alumni Hall where Spartan fans shop. If your next event or holiday party has you feeling stressed and overwhelmed, don't be. Voted Lansing's best new restaurant by Top of the Town, One North Kitchen and Bar has catering for every occasion from an award-winning chef. Book your next event by calling 517-901-5001. One North is the perfect place to get with family and friends for all the big games. Also voted Lansing's best sports bar, They have over 40 TVs, feature scratch cooking, amazing craft cocktails, and the largest draft beer selection in West Lansing. That's One North Kitchen and Bar, where friends and family gather to make good times great. Time for a career change? Looking to make a difference? Dean Transportation is looking for compassionate people to join our dedicated team of school bus professionals. Dean Transportation has immediate openings and offers paid training to obtain a commercial driver's license. With increased starting pay, benefit packages, flexible scheduling with weekday hours, and more, Dean Transportation may be the career choice for you. No experience needed. Apply now and train all summer. Head to deanjobs.com. 
So, it's been a while since you've had your jewelry cleaned and inspected, right? Where will you go and who will you trust with your most valuable and treasured heirlooms? At Meadowar Jewelers' four locations in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage, jewelry isn't just our job, it's our passion. Each and every piece entrusted in our care is thoroughly inspected by our trained staff against damage or normal wear. And we offer you, our customer, the highest level of quality on repairs and custom designs. Whether it's worn-out prongs, channels, or shanks, it's all handled with incredible care. Meadowar Jewelers in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage want to help you preserve your memories and offer you options on creating new ones. Come in today for the cleaning and inspection of your jewelry. We continue to work hard every day to earn your confidence and trust. Jack Evelyn here with my good friend Matt Sloan at Graf Chevrolet and Graf Nissan. A lot more traffic out here, and it looks like you got some new inventory coming. Finally, Jack, it's getting there. We're not back to the good old days, but we're certainly getting better. We've got more Chevys, more Nissans than we've had in probably a year. 2023s are starting to hit the ground, so it's a great time to come out and look for a new vehicle. And if you're looking to maintain your current one, don't forget we've got a great service parts and body shop as well. Stop out and see Matt and the gang here on West Grand River and Okemos. They're making friends. Culver's could have only started in Wisconsin. Our team member, Nick, will tell you why. Oh, yeah, that's an easy one. Wisconsin is the dairy state, so naturally, Culver's was inspired by everyone's favorite rich and creamy tradition, frozen custard. We make our fresh frozen custard in small batches in every Culver's. It's a match, or <laughs> batch, made in heaven. Come have a taste of Wisconsin. Welcome to Delicious. Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping experience for Spartan fans with everything you need to show your Michigan State pride. They have the largest and best selection of apparel for the entire family. Nike, Cutter and Buck, Columbia, Champion, plus their two for $38 tees. And you can't miss their great gifts and accessories. Make sure your family is game ready. Check them out in Lansing's Eastwood Town Center or anytime at alumnihall.com. That's Alumni Hall where Spartan fans shop. Welcome back. It is the Drive with Jack Spotlight Radio Network. Jack Elbling here with my producer, Boston Rob. Before we bring in our next guest, we do have some breaking news, some more information. The continuing investigation into Tunnelgate and what happened at Michigan Stadium and uh, the uh, alleged assault. Uh, certainly going to uh, be investigated further, and uh, you'll be hearing more about that in a pending court case. But Michigan State, after suspending four players Sunday night, uh, has added that list with four more. Uh, Justin White, I'm, I'm reading these in the name that the, in the order they're listed here. Jacoby Windman, who's probably Michigan State's best player, Malcolm Jones, and Brandon Wright. So now, uh, from a football standpoint, uh, Michigan State will be without three defensive starters and two other rotational players uh, on from the defense as they prepare to play Illinois and 16.5-point underdogs in Champaign against a team that is uh, certainly atop the Big Ten West and favored to win it. So uh, we heard that there would be uh, updates coming. We heard this from uh, the university release. We heard it from Mel Tucker yesterday. 
And uh, when they finished doing all their homework and looking at everything that they could, uh, now they've decided that eight players will be suspended uh, pending resolution of this. And some of them uh, at some point you may see back and others I don't think you'll ever see again, Rob. So that's, uh, that is the fallout from this. And uh, we're not going to debate uh, anything further on this. I'm just bringing you up to speed as we bring in Jim Gum. Uh, he is the publisher, he's the editor, he's the brains behind The Blitz, which is uh, the greatest newsletter for college football fans you'll find anywhere in the country. It's easy to get, it's easy to read, and, and uh, it's cost-friendly, too. Jim, uh, you are in Tennessee as we speak, correct? That's correct. Uh, any interest in uh, the Vols this week? <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big, big game. Uh, listen. Uh, the the fans in this state were spoiled big time in the '90s when Philip Fulmer had things rolling, and it, it you talk about a program that fell off a cliff after they let him go, which was a humongous mistake. Um, it's taken about ten, fifteen years for Tennessee to become relevant again, and the fans in this state are just going nuts. And uh, there's a lot of optimism. And uh, and you know if you watch they're they're an exciting team but they're still a team that's uh, uh, they still got some things to learn and one of them is to play defense yeah. against quality opponent and that's the one thing that I think Tennessee's lacking is that defensive uh, uh, firepower if you will so I think it's going to be if Tennessee wins it's going to have to be a shootout. Uh, someone asked me a question this summer, Jim, about the biggest underachievers. In college football, and there was a period of time where I would have put Michigan on that list, but I said probably Texas and Tennessee, going back to when the balls were really good under Peyton Manning, and then the following year winning the national title in '98 with T. Martin, um, but not anymore. And I see that Hendon Hooker, quarterback, is now the front runner for the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's obviously there's still a lot of football to be played. I mean, let's say let's say Hinton Hooker has a great game against Georgia, where he's going to really take the uh, the Heisman lead. But if he were to have a game where he, you know, makes a couple mistakes, throws a pick at a crucial time, and it costs Tennessee, you know, then you're going to be like, uh oh, you know, let's reevaluate him. So yeah. this 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 game is is everything for Tennessee and Hinton Hooker. If it, right. if things go well. I think he's going to be the odds-on favorite. If things don't go well, then I think that C.J. Stroud once again takes the lead, and then he'll have his opportunity when uh, they play the Michigan Wolverines. So you got to, you got to, when you're on a big stage, you got to come up big, and that's uh, it's all important for those two guys. To me, those are the two front runners right now. There's so many things we could talk about with the Blitz, and it is your one-stop shop for college football knowledge. Uh, settle disputes, win bets, seem smart at tailgates. But you have a section uh, called Football Tidbits that I turn to immediately and uh, always uh, fuel for discussion. Talk about Brock Bowers from Georgia and uh, what a way to honor Vince Dooley uh, with the way Georgia played against Florida. Is Brock Bowers as good as any collegiate tight end you have seen? Boy, I tell you what, uh, he's better than Travis kept, Kelsey was at Cincinnati. 
Yeah, when Kellen Winslow Jr. was playing at Miami, yeah. he yeah. might have been the best tight end at the collegiate level that I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, Brock this Bowers, guy's pretty though, close he, for a sophomore. He's too sophomore. pretty good. He is pretty darn good. He's he can't a, leave he's you. He's got to come back. Yeah, he's yeah exactly. He's he's a he's an he's a problem for any team that goes against up against Georgia because he's you know he's so athletic. Uh, he's got some speed. He's got great hands, and he, he they say he's just a like a savant on the field. He's a, yeah. his IQ is on, in football is off the chart. So you know he's got everything that you want, and they say he's a really good guy also. So uh, so he's got everything that you want in a football player. One of the best-kept secrets in the country is Illinois running back Chase Brown. Now, he's been up there at the top of the national stats, and people say, uh, you know, talk about uh, Mo Ibrahim and Blake Corum and Travion Henderson, and they're, they're terrific backs. But uh, Chase Brown's stats are better, and he's the first Big Ten player to have at least 100 rushing yards in each of the first eight games in a long time. How far back do you have to go? Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, back in 2015, of course, Ezekiel Elliott had an unbelievable postseason yeah. uh, in 2014 to help Ohio State win the national championship. Right. But, uh, you know, he, you know, obviously was a tremendous running back at Ohio State. But, yeah, uh, yeah Chase Brown has, uh, he's really looked good. I, I think he's got star written all over him. I, yeah. I'm not going to say he's as, because I love Kenneth Walker yeah. uh, at Michigan State, but I think this guy is just a, he's, Close to him, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ezekiel Elliott in 2015, I remember, he had a long string. I think he had 10 games uh, with 100 yards or more. In the 11th game, they hosted Michigan State in inclement weather. And uh, <clears throat> I thought Urban Meyer coached a terrible game. Michigan State won 17-14 without its starting quarterback and uh, held Ezekiel Elliott in check. Darian Harris, the linebacker, was the second skin that day for for Zeke. Um, looking at Georgia here and uh, this game against Florida, everyone talks about this game being such a great rivalry. Uh, it comes and goes. Each team has its stretch. But what about a 25-point halftime lead in this game? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's weird because if you look at this series, it's like neither there's never a close game um, when yeah. these two play yeah. against each other. It seems like it's a right. it's a blowout either way. Right. But no, it's the first time. It's the biggest lead since when uh, Florida had a big thirty four nothing lead uh, back in nineteen ninety six. But over the last ten right. fifteen years, anytime one of these teams wins, they usually go on a run of about yeah. three or four games, and they blow each other out. It's it's really one of the most Strange rivalries in the '96 Florida team. When that was a national title team, was that Danny Werfel? Uh, '96. That's that's you're you're you put me on a spot right. here, Jeff. I, I want to talk think, about the Big Twelve, Jim. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Florida beat Florida State. Yes, that year. yes, yes, yes. Um. <laughs> how about what TCU is doing and? You can go back a long way when you talk about the Big 12 and the Big 8 before it and some great football and some a lot of Hall of Fame coaches. Somebody this year is the first coach in Big 12 history history to start 8-0 in his first season in the conference. And who is that? Yes, 
Sonny Dykes. I mean, Sonny Dykes. I mean, listen, you know, the Big 12 has only been around since the, the right. mid-90s when the uh, Southwest Conference dissolved and the Big 8 dissolved. They formed the Big 12. So it's not like it has a history of the Big 10 or the SEC. But right. still, you would have thought somewhere over the last 30-some-odd years that somebody yeah. would have done that. And, uh, no, Sonny Dykes is the very first you know, first-year head coach to, to start off 8-0. And I think a lot of people would be surprised. Uh, Rob, here's a, here's a, another chance to win a lunch bet, uh, thanks to the Blitz, right? If you talk about the teams, the five teams that have uh, had more 8-0 starts in the past 20 years, so past two decades, we're not talking about Army, all right? We're talking about teams in the last two decades. Who has started 8-0 the most often? The five teams that have that designation would be Alabama. That's somewhat predictable. Clemson. Okay, I get that. Ohio State, certainly. And the other two, I think, would surprise people. Yeah, Boise State. Of course, now they don't exactly play in Murderer's Row Conference right. in the, the Mountain West. And, um, and before that, the WAC. But, uh, uh, and, and TCU, who's how many conferences have they been in, in over the last 20 years? Oh. They've been in I think five. I think they've been in five different conferences over the last twenty years. But yeah, TC still eight zero is not easy to do, no matter what league you're in. And people because forget, honest, Jim. When, hey, was it 2014? Second or first year of the playoff? First year. And TCU is in position to be in the playoff. And yeah, all of a sudden, Baylor, Ohio yeah. State goes crazy in the Big Ten championship game and nukes Wisconsin and vaults over TCU and pushes them out. And then Buckeyes win the championship. Yeah, I mean TCU still hasn't gone over that. And listen, I, I can't sit there and blame them. If I were a fan or on that team or, or Baylor for that matter, I'd have felt just as uh, upset. So you know, so both those was, teams were unbeaten, right? Uh, Baylor were, and yeah, yeah, Baylor well, they and were TCU. Right, yeah, they were both ahead of Ohio State in the week prior. To right, it. right. Ohio State was sixth. They beat Wisconsin fifty-nine zip. Yeah. And they leapfrog both of those teams. And uh yeah, that was a uh, that was interesting. I'll never forget the the despair on uh the TCU and the Baylor uh fans. It was a uh, it was tough. I, I I felt for them. I did. The Ohio State Penn State game last Saturday, Jim. I was having an argument with Rico Beard on our television show and he said, "Well, you knew Ohio State was going to win. It was never in doubt." It was in doubt to me with uh 9 plus minutes to go. And Penn State was leading, and they outgained Ohio State for the game. Uh, I started looking at tiebreaker scenarios with three teams, so I, I had a lot of doubt until all of these turnovers reared their ugly head. And that's the only reason Ohio State won the game. It was outplayed for the most part, but uh, Penn State couldn't hang on to the ball, and uh, JT Tui Molowau was uh, all over the place. Yeah. But, but if you look at at uh, Ohio State. Regular season games where they've led by double digits at any point, any point. What's their record? Yes, yeah, it's 2012. Ohio State's 103 and one. one. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, and Don't fall behind them was, by ten points. You're in deep trouble. You're in you're in serious uh, hot water. Uh, yeah, Penn State up. You know they they up ended Ohio State in 2016 after the Buckeyes had a. A, a ten point lead, but uh, yeah, once Ohio State gets up by double digits, uh, you pretty much just uh, ride it off as a win for Ohio State. So yeah, it's 
that's an incredible record there. I remember that uh, <clears throat> that game in 2016 because it took the block field goal and right. a return for Penn State to win that game. Yep. Um, what about Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee? Eight games. Nobody's 14 touchdown passes. Catches. Yeah, I mean, so, he's a already, game. Yeah, he's already broke the uh, the single season record at, in uh, in Knoxville for Tennessee. He could Marcus play six, Nash, seven more games. Yeah, exactly. He may obliterate that. And he right now is the odds-on favorite to win the Blitnikoff. I think that uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be right there. I think those two are are fighting it out for the for that award. But uh, he's had an unbelievable year. And it's so funny because neither one of those guys was the so-called featured wide receiver when the season began, but they stepped up due to injury. And, you know, Jalen Hyatt now is the, you know, he's the touchdown machine there in Knoxville. And of course we all know that, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba is uh, still nursing his hamstring. And, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. has just, he's looked like Marvin Harrison. Yeah. Senior. Speaking <laughs> of Marvin really Harrison, uh, the Buckeyes have now scored 20 or more points in 69 consecutive games. Think about that. 20 or more in 69 consecutive games. That ties the record for the longest streak uh, in college football history, an active streak nearly doubling the second school on that list. Coastal Carolina's had 35, so uh, at 69, they're one short of doubling up the, the second place team yeah, they're, they're tied with, i didn't put it in here but oklahoma uh, also oklahoma. did this in the early 2000s okay. uh, 69 consecutive uh, wow. games with uh, 20 or more points and i mean ohio state's playing northwestern i, I like ohio state's odds to uh, break that record <laughs> all right two quick things for you here uh, about ranked teams struggling last week and uh, wake forest uh you know I, i've been big on wake forest all year but uh, had a pretty bad quarter against Louisville to the tune of allowing 35 points in one quarter, and that ties the most ever scored against an AP Top 10 uh, team. Yeah, and it quarter. was turnover after turnover after turnover. I mean, Wake Forest just is almost like you know, another team took over their uniforms at halftime because it just didn't look like the same team, and, and Louisville just jumped all over them. And then, you know, it was too much to overcome at yeah. that point. But yeah, it was a. It was they were just a, a turnover every time they turned around. It was uh, handing the ball to Louisville. Well, uh, very, 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 very few top ten teams have ever given up thirty five points in a quarter. And the other one was uh, Oklahoma State. Right now, they're playing a Kansas State team, which is dangerous. We saw what they did to Oklahoma. Kansas State wants to play all the teams from Oklahoma they can get apparently this year. But uh, number eight, Okie State, loses. 48 to nothing. The largest shutout loss for a top 10 team since 1966. And the 10th ranked Trojans lost 51 to nothing to Notre Dame in a game that uh, Spartan fans will remember because uh, it wound up giving Notre Dame uh, most of the national championship that year. But how about that? 48 zip and Kansas State didn't have their starting quarterback. And that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah, Martinez was not there and yeah, I wonder how Nebraska fans feel about that when they watch him play. But uh, no, that, I didn't see that one coming at all, Jack. <laughs> I, I I really liked Oklahoma State, and I thought they would, you know, probably win that game. Not only did they not win, they absolutely got just 
completely dominated from start to finish. Just an, uh, uh, just an, they were just overwhelmed in that game. All right, Jim, I've been beating the drum for the Blitz here all season. Tell our listeners how they can get a copy. And uh, I tell you what, it's going to make your Saturdays a lot more enjoyable. I tell you what, Jack, it's so funny. I'll get, you know, once we I have these little segments with you, I'll get some of your listeners will contact me and, and they just they're just and they'll reply back, Thank you so much, really enjoy, blah, blah, blah. You know, but anyone out there uh, would like this week's issue, just uh, email me, Jim Gum. That's J I M G U M M dot blitz at yahoo dot com. And I'll be more than happy to send you this week's issue and uh, and I think you'll enjoy it. Jim Gum, J I M G U M M two M's dot blitz at yahoo.com uh, and it'd be the best email you send today. Thanks so much, Jim. Really appreciate it. And we want to thank all of our guests today, Rob, <laughs> as we do each Tuesday talking with Deshaun Tate. Now he's a uh, mayor of Atlanta doing all the, uh, the games now for the Hawks on Odyssey, uh, coordinating that coverage pre and post game, our basketball savant, Aloysius Anagagne, former Michigan State forward, center, rebounder, defender, enforcer. And uh, you talk about 16 and a half years of pro basketball. Wow. Now doing speaking and uh, as an alternate reality business. He'll be on with us again soon. Jim Stark, executive director of the Michigan Sports Legacy Conservancy, dedicated to preservation of sports in the state of Michigan. Talking baseball, the World Series, and the Detroit Pistons. And Jim Gum from the Blitz newsletter, jimgum.blitz at yahoo.com. See you tomorrow. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.